Welcome to the podcast of Christ Church in Town in Jacksonville, Florida. We are seeking the renewal of all things in Jesus Christ. Towards that end, we are committed to cultivating personal transformation in Christ, an uncommon fellowship of racially and economically diverse individuals, and the flourishing of our neighbors. To join our local body in membership or financial support, visit ChristChurchInTown.org. talking about how the Lord descended on Mount Sinai. The smoke, the mountains quaked, there was thunder and lightning, flashes and loud blasts of trumpets. Um, the people, uh, people couldn't even get close to the mountain lest they would die. But the people were, both Mo- Moses and the people were terrified because this was a great sight. I said it's, it is probably the greatest sight that anybody will ever see as the Lord descended down on Mount Sinai. And today we're actually seeing that God begins to speak to, he speaks to Moses. Moses is up there. God gives him the Ten Commandments and he brings them down to the people. But there's three things I want to show you from this passage today. First, I want us to see that grace came before the law. Secondly, that the law is not life-stealing, but it is life-giving, and I'll explain that a little bit further. And lastly, that the law is for us. First, um, grace came before the law. If you look, you will see in verse number two, it says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of slavery. Now, many people, including myself, I believed at one point in my life that in order to experience the grace of God, that we had to first be keepers of the law. I, I, I believe, like others, that we had to have everything right or have uh, at least be on the right path before we could experience his grace. What I see in this passage is that grace actually came before the law. Before the law was given, the people of Israel experienced the grace of God. This is not the only time that is shown in the scriptures. It's actually shown when God says to them that he didn't choose them because they were so great. He didn't choose them because they were many in numbers. As a matter of fact, they were the least of all people. He chose them because he loved them. He chose them because he wanted to have a relationship with them. He chose them because he needed to. He was keeping his promise to their forefathers. What God is saying to them is that I am your God. I delivered you while you were in the midst of bondage, while you were making brick with no straw, while they were cracking the whip on your back. I saw you. I heard your cry. Your cry came up to heaven. It came up to me and I delivered you. That's good to know, y'all. That is good. We need to remember that in our life, that God works on our behalf. The work is already done even before, even before we realize that he's working. Scripture tells us that while we were dead in our trespasses, while we were yet sinners, in due time Christ died for us. That's good, y'all. And we need to keep that in our mind, that, that while we were doing what we were doing, Christ had already died for us. He, he says that 
he didn't, they didn't, it wasn't nothing in them that caused him to put his affection on them, to choose them. It's just that he was being who he was. He delivered them out with a mighty hand, not because he, he just looked down and said, these the people deserve something. He delivered them because he was their God and he was keeping his oath. Before he gave them Ten Commandments, he wanted them to know who he was. He wanted them to say, no matter what happens, know that I am the Lord your God. Know that I am the one who brought you out. And all too often, we, we get on the other side of, of, of trouble and we forget that it was the Lord who brought us out. All too often, once we don't have the pain that we used to have anymore, once we don't have the struggles that we used to have, we forget it was God who was working in our behalf. Yes, there may be a human agency that that helped you, but it was God that was behind it. It was God that was working. It was God who was orchestrating it. And we need to always remember that if we're not where we used to be, it is because God worked on worked in our behalf. Now, listen, God didn't give these commandments for the purpose of saving them. He didn't give these people these commandments so that if they did this, they would be saved. Y'all, that's good. That's good to know because we are not able to save ourselves. As a matter of fact, we're going to see that we're not even able to keep these 10 commandments, these 10 words. So it's not that the law was to save us. So if the law wasn't to save us, why, would, why, why is it important? Why is it good for us to know? Because the law, the law in a sense, is life-giving. How is the law life-giving? It's life-giving because it points us to the one that can save us. It points us, it lets us know that, that, that we need a Savior. It lets us know that we're not able to keep these commandments. It points us and it lets us know that he is our God. It is he that has delivered us. It is he that is our way maker. And, and we could not do anything for ourselves. The law, grace came before the law. The law is life giving, not life stealing. As I just said, that it points us to the source that gives life. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, my parents had rules. Um, I was not allowed to do whatever I wanted to do. I wasn't allowed just to go off or just leave the house. If I, was, if I intended to go somewhere, I had to ask for permission. If, if I wanted to stay out past a certain time, I had to get permission because there, there were rules. There were rules in my life, and, and I didn't like them all the time. I didn't like them. I, I, I really did not get an appreciation for what my parents were doing until I became an adult. I didn't get an appreciation of why they put rules in place. One time, my dad told me something that I'll never forget. He said, son, he, I asked him, could I do something? And he simply said, no. And so I said, but dad, why? I've done this and I've done this and, and, and I, I haven't gotten in trouble. I've been doing all my schoolwork. And I began to call off all the things that I had done. And because I had done these things right, I thought that I ought to be able to get a little more freedom. But my dad's response was that I'm teaching you that even though you do everything right in life, 
don't mean that everything, what you want to happen will happen. Just because you check all these boxes, it does not mean what you're looking for will happen. Now, it should. It should. But he says, son, I'm teaching you how to experience no at home. So when you become an adult and you hear no, it won't crush your spirit. I'm teaching you how to stay in line here because one day you're going to leave home and I got to make sure that you can function in the world. So what God was doing was he was giving them words. He was giving them guidelines to live by so that they knew how to function as a community, that they, they, that they would know how to look out for one another, that they would know how to love one another. See, we look at these rules and we begin to see what we shall not do and we miss the things that we can do because we're so stuck on what we can not do. And I did not appreciate my parents until I became an adult. I did not appreciate the rules. Let me change that. I did not appreciate the rules until I became an adult. And I am here to tell us today that we cannot appreciate the grace of God. We cannot appreciate the law of God. We cannot appreciate the things of God until we can appreciate his grace. Until we realize that he saved us right out of the midst of our sins. When you begin to appreciate that, then the law begins to say, oh, yeah, that ain't no problem. It's not until that we realize that it was his grace that got us here. It's his grace. Even though things has happened in our life and, and we did not like it, there's things that happened that we can't explain. God's grace was behind it all the time. So the grace came before the law and that the law is giving life, not stealing life. The law is broken up into two categories. It's two categories. And I, and I really think if we can grab this picture, I believe here that we, uh, his, the grace will, will have a better meaning when we leave here today. First thing I want us to know is that the law was into two parts. The first four commandments was showing us how to love God. Listen to what he says. He says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You should have no other gods before me. You should have no other gods before me. Why would he have to tell them that? Why would he have to tell them that they should have no other gods before them? Why would he tell, would have to tell them you should not make for yourselves a, uh, a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth below. Why, why would he have to tell them that? Uh, why, why? Because they were coming out of a land where, where, where they worship objects and they treated these objects like gods. They, they treated them, they regarded them as the one uh, that was to be worshipped, the thing that was to be worshipped. God had already said it was me who did it. It was me who did it. So what does that mean for us today? What does that mean for the church? What does that mean for people that look like you and I? That, that we can sometimes allow things to take place of the God who's did all the work. Sometimes we can allow our jobs, our, our cars, our, our homes, our, 
our families. We, we begin to put those things before God. The thing that we want, our vacation, our trips, our activities, our clubs, whatever we're part of, we can allow those things to take precedence in our life. And, and, and they, we put those things before God. Somebody might say, well, how do I do this when that thing becomes more important to you to God, to, than God? It is not about anything else. God says, listen, I want you to know that it was me. It was me who did it. And when you grab hold to this, y'all, you'll learn. You'll learn not to put anything in front of him. When, when, you, when you grab a hold of it, it was him. It was him all the time. Don't put anything in front of him. The Israelites were, were people who we already see how they we already see how they behave. The moment trouble came, guess what they would do? They would complain. And they would want to go back to where they came from. So he was like, hey, it was me. What 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 a terrible thing to say to the one who's delivered you. You should have just left me where I was. You know why they could say that? Because they didn't appreciate what he had done for them. They didn't appreciate the grace that had been afforded to them. Y'all, it's a terrible thing to tell God, you should have left me where I was. So first he wanted us to, he wanted the children of Israel to know how to, to show love to him. Listen, he says, hey, don't, don't use my name in vain. Don't, don't, don't act like it. You know, my, there, there's this thing now that says put a handle on it. That when you when, when you talk, y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about? You just just don't just don't be be disrespectful. You you put some respect on it. Put some respect on my name. You know, my I, I, I was never able, if I, if you're my auntie, if you're my aunt, I had to call you auntie. I couldn't just walk up to you and call you by your first name. I, I was showing respect. That there's this thing that everywhere I go, I say yes, ma'am, and no ma'am, and yes, sir, and no, sir, and please and thank you. I listen, I'm sure I'm putting some respect on when somebody does something for me, I say thank you. So what I'm doing is saying that I appreciate it. I show people respect by saying yes, sir, and no, sir. And sometimes people say, Hey, you don't have to say that to me. It's embedded in me. It's embedded in me to, to listen, to say thank you, to show. Respect. So God is saying, don't, don't, do not disrespect me by using my name all willy-nilly. Think about it. I hear people oftentimes say, God himself going to have to come and do this. You ain't said nothing. God is all powerful. He can do it if he chooses to. I think we use his name in vain. We use who he is in vain. We don't appreciate him. So he's teaching them how to love him. Then the next half, the, the remainder is about how to love one another. I need to say this. If we do not get the first commandment right, you can forget about all the rest of them. We're guilty of all the rest of them. Listen, if, if, if we can't put God first, y'all, then nothing else. These other ones, just, just, just forget about it. You, you won't even be able to love your brother. You won't be able to love your neighbor. You'll always want what somebody else got. You'll always be looking. You'll always be trying to find a way to get over on somebody. If we do not get the first reward. He tells us this. He says, listen, honor your father and your mother. 
that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. He's giving you this land. He's giving you this land. Honor them. You should not murder. So, y'all, you, you know, we, we're good because we say we don't kill anybody. But our thoughts toward our brothers and sisters aren't right. Listen, you shouldn't commit adultery. Well, you know, I hadn't done this, but when you think about it, you're guilty. It says you should not steal. You, listen, you should not bear false witness against your neighbor. And I've heard people tell, I've heard people say this, that I'm only going to tell a little white lie to save myself. And in order to save myself, it don't matter who I hurt. You're bearing false witness against people. And the, the reason is because we don't have the first commandment right. So as we look at these commandments, God is simply saying that it's to remind us, when we look at these as a whole, it is to remind us that we're in need of God's grace, that these are things that we cannot do on our own. We will never be successful in perfect obedience to God's commandments. We need a Savior to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. And the good news, the gospel is this, that we have one. We, when it came down to it, God loved this world so much. He loved us so much that he sent his son not to condemn us, but to save us by giving us life, by giving his life on the cross for while we were undeserving sinners. Y'all, that's good, because if we, if we take time and we really study these commandments, we'll find out, y'all, that we fall short. We'll find out, y'all, truth be told, that we fall short at number one. We fall short at number one, so there's not a chance that we're going to get the rest. So we needed a Savior. We needed somebody to do what we could not do, and he did it. He did it for us, y'all. I believe that God was getting his people together and he was telling them about his covenant relationship that he wanted to have with them. And he was telling them that these things that I need you to do, I believe it summed up when, when Jesus was asked, what is the greatest? It says, teacher, what is the greatest commandment? Jesus says this. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and the first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor, your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. It is so easy for us to say, well, Jesus came and he did away with the law. He didn't come to do away with the law. He came to fulfill the law. He came to fulfill what we could not fulfill. He came to do what we cannot do. He summed it up in these two words. God wants us to do two things. I believe it's two things he wants us to do. Love him and love our neighbor. Love God and love people. You know, this election season has taught me something. I have participated in, in eight, I have voted in eight presidential elections. I have voted in eight presidential elections. And never have I seen any election cause people to be separated and, 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 and bickering back and forth like this one has. And see, I, I don't look at, at like, well, this, this politician says this and this politician say that because they all saying what they want to say so they can get in office. 
The problem is, it's, it's the people. Why are the people acting like this? Because God, they have not loved God. They have not loved God like they're supposed to. And when you don't love God like you're supposed to, you can be mad at your brother. You can say hurtful things to somebody or about somebody just because you want to get into a spot. The problem is we have not learned how to do the two things that God has called us to do. Love him and love people. If we learn how to love God, then we'll know how to love people. If we love God like we should, we won't have a problem loving our brother. We won't have a problem embracing our brother. We won't have a problem with saying, maybe we need to do this to help those that are less fortunate. We won't have a problem. The problem is that we haven't done the first thing. And we all, in some shape, form, or fashion, are guilty of not loving God like we should. We all are guilty in some form or another of not doing what we should when it comes to loving God and loving God's people. Let's pray. God, we thank you today for your goodness. We thank you for your love, your kindness. God, we thank you for you. We experienced your grace long before we tried to follow your law. Father, I pray now that you would touch our hearts, our minds, and cause us to love you like we should so we can love your people like we ought to. God, I pray if there be anything in us that stop us from doing as we should, that you'll remove it now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information or would like to help support the local body of Christ Church in town, please visit our website at ChristChurchInTown.org.